Hello, guys, and welcome to episode 99 of the Simply Put Podcast. I am your host, Nikki Angelus. Hey, y'all, it's me, Fred Neones, a.k.a. Angelo. Nine-nine, it's Jay. So, guys, this is your weekly podcast where we discuss the news that surrounds the world of entertainment that interests us this week. Toronto! So, in the meantime, in between time, let's get this episode started. We are recording live here on February 22nd, 2016. It is a Simply Put Podcast. We are at episode 99. We're away from 100. We are making it on schedule time on February 29th for a very special episode of the Simply Put Podcast. Episode 100. And uh, we'll get into more of that later on the episode. Uh, But before we get into that, my name is Mickey. We have Fred here. What's up? Timberlake. We have Jay here. I never knocked on nobody. <laughs> and we're going to give you the news that surrounds the world of entertainment in geek, culture, in movies, television, and in just pure lifestyle. Um, so guys, last week, actually last month, we forgot to give you guys our February uh, anticipated movies. So we're going to make that up by giving you our March anticipated movies of 2016. Um, you know how that goes. We'll give Everybody's going to give their top five. And then after that, we're going to go and kind of uh, go through each movie. I, I, I doubt we're not going to have similar movies, um, but um, we're going to discuss the movies that obviously we're going to be talking about and then some of the ancillary movies that either made it on the end of our list or just missed it. Um, but before we get into that, we always get into how everybody's week was. So starting it off, Fred, how was your week? Well, mine was cool. Uh, I actually... Just bland, worked all week, went on the hunt on the weekend for that GameStop Kurama Glow in the Dark Pop. Did you get it? Did you get Did it? Did not get it. Oh, man. It sold out everywhere. Kurama! So I, so I might have to just buy it online, but uh, today I had some free time after I picked up my niece from school and I watched The Witch. And, How was that? And boy, did it drain me, bro. It was, oh. it was, I don't know why horror fans are hating on it. To me, it was, it was a horror film. Mm. It, it scared me and it like. It just it just makes so it drain sca- you in a good way. They drain me because it was just like the, the intensity of it and the way it just psychologically messes your mind up. And especially if you're like a diehard religious dude, mm-hmm. they'll like also like, like humans the, and the, the source material will like have an effect on you. Ah, so I, I, it's gotcha. a, to me, it's an entertaining watch. Very scary in my book. So the best uh, scary movie I've seen since probably Saw or maybe even since really? Normal maybe, maybe yeah maybe no oh, yeah, yeah, didn't really maybe, like maybe Sinister maybe Sinister yes no I'm, I'm re- I'm, horror is really not my genre but when it's up to that caliber of a Saw where it's not only gory but also I guess um, a start of a new subgenre in horror like how Saw was mm-hmm. how it's very um, and this is what this is what the, back, this so, is what Witch is okay because they, they took a period drama of uh, the Salem witch trials, they took that aspect of the setting, and then they added this like religious and like serious tone. Some of it got a little out there with some of the stuff they were doing, but overall, this director nailed it. Uh, sorry, I forgot who the director was, but go watch it. It was an entertaining watch. So that was my week. Oh uh, well, my week was very also very bland. Uh, my highlight was uh, hanging out with Mick at um, Paris Baguette, and some dude just creeped me out oh, the yeah, whole that time. Was... <laughs> <laughs> Mick was saying like, oh, dude, you shouldn't leave your tray there because this guy's just going to swipe it. I would have been like, no, sir, that is mine. Since it happened to me earlier, since I took some lady's uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Azuke latte, I was like, oh, oh, sorry, man, we ordered the same thing. But he's just a total creepazoid, and I hope I don't grow up to be that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, guys. He's um, very creepy. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, and I also freaking messed up. I thought I was getting like a red bean donut. Yeah, yeah. And he got curry. Well, I got a curry pan, but a curry pan's pretty good too. Yep. Just the sugar kind of threw me off. Yeah. So. Uh, and the labeling definitely needs to be better at that particular location. But anyways, mm-hmm. uh, week so far, very chill. Um, there's a lot, tons of stuff that I wanted to watch movie-wise, but was not able to get to. So the best next thing, uh, the next best thing uh, was to just catch up on my shows, you know, I think Superstore is a very underrated comedy. I think if it wasn't simply based on a Monday schedule, I think it would be better. The last episode wasn't my I, favorite. I, I kind of liked it because it, it involved a lot of... Actually, it involved all the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I like it when they start pairing off a little bit and everybody gets their time to shine. Um, but yeah, I agree that the episode before that, I thought when the overnight special, yeah, no, I think was that good. one was really funny. No, I, was that was really good. Caught up with magicians again. Um, it doesn't make sense to me, but the world that they're building just starts to come and unravel like a puzzle. You know, no pun intended as far as the um, what the show is concerned. But Still gotta get into it. It just, it just get crazy. <laughs> Lucifer picked up in a big bad way. I saw the first two episodes. So I think hilarious. I think <laughs> where the story is going now is uh, where I think it's gonna get interesting because of the twist that happens with Lucifer and his powers and and basically what oh. happens in the realm when uh, hell is unruled um, by a ruler. So those are the things I caught up with, but getting into the mix, starting with our anticipated movie reviews, um, slow week, slow month, <laughs> uh, still kicking in that first quarter blues, um, but you know, it's going to pick up. Yeah, it is. I think it's going to pick up in, in a March. big bad way. Yeah. Um, and does anybody want to start with their top five? I'll, I'll start. My number five is a big, my big fat Greek wedding. Number uh, uh, two is the sequel to my big fat Greek wedding. I don't know why I love the original so I much. I love the original too. It's, it's so good. Uh, the TV show on the other hand, I'll save that for another story. But the movie was good. Uh, my number four, I believe, is Whiskey Tango Foxtrot, that uh, bio, bio, semi bio comedy uh, film with uh, Margot Robbie and Tina Fey. That looks very funny. Number three is Zootopia. Disney's Zootopia. I'm hearing a lot of good things with that. My number two, of course, is Ten Cloverfield Lane. You've heard me gush over about it last couple of weeks since that trailer popped. And of course, the number one. What is, is it? What is it? Batman v Superman. Oh, oh, okay. Dawn of Justice. Do you bleed? Do you bleed? You will. <laughs> All right, my top five is going to be uh, Brothers Grimm at five. I really want to see that. Oh, Brother Grimsley. Brother Grimsley. Grimsley, yeah, Brother Grim. My bad. <laughs> um, number four is going to be Divergent, the Allegiant. I think this is going to be one of the last ones. Didn't that come out? This is going to be the last one. That's the last one. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, yeah. okay. Uh, then number three is Greek uh, Wedding 2. All right. Number two is 10 Cloverfield Lane. And number one, BVS, D-O-F. Right? D-O-J. D-O-J. D-O-F. D-O-F. <laughs> Dawn of the Force. <laughs> um, similar to Fred's, my top three is the same, pretty much. Uh, the two outliers would be starting at number five is Get a Job. Um, I think coming off that big burn of a, a Fantastic Four, um, I want to see what Miles Teller does in this um, this genre, which he's pretty much a household name. You know, you, you add the likes of Brian Cranston, um, though he's probably not going to be a, a big portion of the movie. Um, uh, Anna Kendrick and the rest of that cast, I think. Um, it's going to be a multi-generational type of movie where I think it hits all four quadrants and people will get whatever they need from it. Whatever. Well, that's the hopes, obviously, of the movie. Um, and number four for me was Eye in the Sky. I think especially after watching Deadpool and watching Eye in the Sky in, in uh, the trailer in the theaters, you know, seeing Alan Rickman, I think that's going to be a, a, a good showing for him. Um, and the rest of the cast, you got um, Helen Mirren, you have Aaron Paul, um, the, I forgot that chick's name. Gatorade me, bitch. Um, <laughs> wow. Whoa. Break your bad, Aaron Paul. He wasn't that deep, though. Oh, oh. well, he does it's, have a deep one. Bitch. <laughs> I love Aaron Paul. Especially in Has, Speed. Hasn't been a good hasn't been in a lot of good movies though. Yeah. Exodius. Um, <laughs> so I think with those movies, I think that one really brought something um, very relevant to what's happening now. You know, it's that morality question with drone strikes and, you know, the art of war in, in modern times. Um, and then three, you have Zootopia, obviously, you have Idris Alba, you know, Jason Bateman, a ton of Idris. cast. And then you got 10 Cloverfield Lane, which is basically the knockout secret of the entire 2015 um, year. And then, you know, popping it up, not only is it only going to be three months um, that we have to wait for when we first initially saw the trailer, um, it's, it's definitely something I think J.J. Abrams definitely worked on though he was a producer he's a little bit more of a hands-off guy i'm just curious to see with you know with john goodman and the other two mary guys. elizabeth weinstead and whatever that other guy whatever yeah. guys those, just to see like you know how we had hateful eight 
and how that was basically a drawing room drama. Mm-hmm. I want to see how this is going to be playing out, especially in the realm where you have a gigantic mat- mutu, mutu <laughs> walking around in New York City. Um, and obviously, number one is, is Batman v Superman. Good, better, and different. It's definitely something that's going to get everybody Polarizing. you know, um, out of their houses and into the theaters. Uh, it's coming late March, obviously, for, for better reasons. You know, and then what is that? Six, seven weeks from that, we're going to get Civil War. Yep. So um, I'm excited to see not only how the numbers are going to work out for Batman v Superman, but I also want to see the differentiations and the deviations from what we saw with the trailers to what the actual story is. Mm. Um, Especially since you have Zack Snyder in the helm, which is a very 50-50 director with me. You have great trailers like Sucker Punch, and then you have that in the movie, which definitely failed. Um, through, I think 300 is one of the few movies he had that actually delivered exactly what we were given in the trailer. As I, to also, me, Watchmen, he delivered also. To me, anyway, for Watchmen. But yeah, I, mean, I agree. I, he, Watchmen I, think, also. I think he was okay with Watchmen. I don't think it was anything... Um, it's not going to make my list mm. for superhero movies. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> But, well, top 10, whatever, top 15. But I, it was enjoyable for what it was. I think most to do the fact with the Rorschach character um, and the blue penis. Dr. Mahan. Um, so, <laughs> Dr. Mahan. <laughs> blue penis. So, blue so those are our guys. So, now that I did the calculations for it, uh, the Simply Put Talks top five movies to watch for March, in March would be starting off at number one, Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, Ben Affleck, Henry Cavell, Gal Gadot, directed by Zack Snyder, Ted Cloverfield Lane, uh, the mystery movie coming out of the brains of J.J. Abrams, though not directed, it is produced. Uh, three is Zootopia. Uh, you have a, a very eclectic cast of characters to do the voices. Um, it's a world of animals doing but they're just like us doing <laughs> yeah. human things and human jobs and i think it's it's i think it's gonna be a hit not as frozen would be but i think definitely better than good dinosaur yeah um and then uh you have our fourth which was not my list but it was in these twos uh my big fat greek wedding sequel too yeah hey pull um, my neck <laughs> and number five is gonna be a toss-up um it's it's between whiskey tango foxtrot Divergent and Eye in the Sky. Um, I think all three completely different movies. Um, One, I think... Shows our taste. (laughs) I think one is definitely not going to be good. Um, The second one is going to be a hit or a miss. And I think the other one is going to be a fantastic viewing experience. Whatever that is for you guys. You decide. You decide. It's on you now. Um, so guys, the power is yours. Just to recruit, <laughs> just to recruit, just to let you guys know, at the end of March, you're definitely going to be watching Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice. If you are curious at all about anything in the movie world, especially since twists and turns are the long forgotten adage, uh, Ten Cloverfield Lane is a great ad. A fun family film that will probably hit every quadrant is uh, Zootopia. Um, if you have a nostalgic flair and taste. I think my Greek, uh, my fat, my big fat Greek wedding sequel, uh, number two, might be your your taste. Yeah. Didn't make my list, but who knows? Um, and either whiskey tango, foxtrot, divergent, eye in the sky. Um, you guys, let us know what is the hit, the miss, and the fifty fifty okie dokie show. So, guys, moving on into our current movie news, we're gonna give you guys a Marvel news roundup. Uh, so, getting ready to boogie down to. Those tones of Hooked on a Feeling and Ain't No Mountain High Enough. Once again, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 has started shooting. Director James Gunn confirmed Wednesday that the Marvel sci-fi sequel is now in production and announced some of the new cast members, including Hateful Eight star Kurt Russell. Official photography of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 has started and I couldn't be more stoked, said Gunn, posted on Facebook alongside a teaser image, where the teaser image showing that the anti-hero is in a silhouette standing between two road cases like you'd see backstage in a rock concert. star eyes glow red, Baby Groot has grown some roots and standing on Dra- Drax the Destroyer's shoulder. You can hear something, um, you could hear someone clearly saying, we're getting the band back together. So guys, according to the news that we have Kurt Russell joining and actually confirmed being the father of Star-Lord. Star-Lord. 
how do you guys feel about his character and who he may be, as well as getting the band back together with that teaser image? Boy, Kurt Russell's getting a lot of work these days. And good for him, man. Yeah, man He'd man. never have enough of Kurt Russell, bro. I really love it. Uh, we, used to, we, we talked about it before, who he might be. I, to me, I think he might be Adam Warlock or maybe a combination of Jason of Sparta and somebody else, maybe Moon Dragon. Oh, I mean, not Moon Dragon because that's the girl, that's a woman. <laughs> but uh, yeah, something to that effect. I think, though, they're going to probably lean towards Adam Warlock because of what they said in the first film, how he's like an ancient being and why Peter can hold on to the Power Stone or Power Gem, whatever you want to call it. So yeah, I love the I love that uh, teaser picture. It does make you believe they're like a band coming back together and adolescent group riding on Drax's uh, uh, shoulders. Maybe that's a new team up that we didn't see in the first film. Or we only seen Groot with either uh, Rocket Raccoon, Rocket Raccoon, or Peter Quill. So maybe yeah. him and Drax will have their own like side mission mm-hmm. trying to take out Thanos. So who knows? But I am excited that this movie's starting production. It's a realization that is finally happening. I can't wait to see it in theaters. Uh, I think they're gonna. I am excited for the Kurt Russell. Uh, I think they're gonna just do the straight up Jason of Spartax. Mm. I don't think they're gonna make him Adam Warlock because I think Adam Warlock's gonna be more prominent in um, uh, Infinity War. Infinity Wars. So they'll probably get somebody younger and uh, more committed into the role itself. They're probably gonna have him as like the Anthony Anthony Mackie, <laughs> Anthony Hopkins type esque uh, role where. He's it's the like father. a real, real regal dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. And uh, it will just show like, oh, um, Peter, my son, this is all that's here for you. And sorry, I wasn't there. I was supposed to get you much sooner, but I do love toddler Groot. He's to me, he's toddler Groot. <laughs> <laughs> it's very cute. I like it. I like the whole silhouette. Uh, th- they didn't give us too much, which is I'm very happy about, and uh, it gets it gets us excited. I just love the whole layout of the whole thing. Sorry, I had to. <laughs> um, I'm pretty excited for this film only because of the Kurt Russell appearance. Um, because I think with uh, was it Furious, the Fast Seven, yeah, seven. Um, and Hateful Eight, I think w- what Kurt Russell's, I, I would I don't want to say resurgence, but you know bringing him back to the stream of consciousness in mainstream media. I think having him in this film um, not only makes it pretty much spot on look alike to the father of of Chris Pratt. Yeah. But um, also just his acting talent, especially when you have, you know, Michael Douglas and um, Robert Redford, Robert Redford, uh, Anthony Hopkins. It's, you know, obviously we've been talking about superheroes are being, superhero movies are being taken very seriously. And I think even if it's just a drop in a bucket for Kurt Russell, even if Al Pacino decides to come (laughs) right in, I think... They'll just. I think. (laughs) I definitely think that it'll it'll add um, not only the flair of the theatrics of our of older statesmen, but also kind of uh, revitalizing like the younger viewers in what like you know he's they're gonna remember Kurt Russell for this role. Yeah. But you know, hopefully, there's like a that opens the floodgates to to what he's done exactly. Yeah. yeah. But um, damn, Al Pacino. He was like, Gamora's got a great ass. <laughs> 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 if, if he did that, that would have been like the ultimate Easter egg sweaty pool, man. Oh, but, man. oh just, just, that's just a picture of mine. I had to say it. But um, <laughs> I think uh, Kurt Russell, I think um, Fred might be a little spot on on the Adam Warlock. But I think if it, it's hard for me to say this, but I think it's going to be Magus, mm. which is basically the evil twin mental... Mm-hmm counterpart to Adam Warlock since he's a schizophrenic um, and I think he's gonna have the, my only concern is I think if he's only you know in this movie to have such a powerful character again become decimated in the end of the movie I think that's gonna be a, like a bad look on, on that film yeah because we so, still don't know who the villain is so I think I think that if they use uh, Magus I think he should kind of roll over into a, a different movie either he is rolling over to Guardians of the Galaxy 3 because mm-hmm. I think if you involve him in Infinity War I think you're just kind of taking the spotlight out of uh, Josh Brolin and Thanos especially since he's being sold as this kind of you know unbeatable character ever since Avengers um, but I think uh, I think with them starting now I, I, it just gives the juice is flowing about, I can't wait to see it. Obviously, even though we still got to get through Civil War and Doctor Strange yep. and Thor Ragnarok. 
Oh, I think that's after. But anyways, like, you know, you have those movies. And, and then uh, I think it just kind of builds up the Marvel brand to let them know that, yes, Deadpool, you know, knocked it out of the park. Batman v Superman's coming. But look, you know, we got, we got tons of movies from the Marvel brand that people know and trust um, coming out. But moving into more Marvel movies, uh, that is Doctor Strange. Uh, so with Captain America Civil War set to release this May... Production continues on Marvel's next movie named Doctor Strange. Uh, the film has been shooting in the streets of London and video footage actually has been leaked, revealing stars Benedict Cumberbatch and Chiwetel Ejiofor at work. The film stars Cumberbatch as a mystical sorcerer Stephen Strange, while Ejiofor, nominated for uh, his Oscar in 12 Years a Slave, is the evil Baron Mordu. Tilda Swinton plays uh, Strange's mentor, the Ancient One, alongside Rachel McAdams and Mads Mikkelsen. The film is directed by Sinister's Scott Derrickson, but with that video that we got a glimpse of, how do you guys feel about the shaping ups of Doctor Strange? First of all, I love I love that costume. Seeing it finally in movement, even though it's not gonna it's not gonna look like that for for the actual theatrical release. It's nice to see to see that costume in movement, and uh, to me, I think this is probably like the first time he's actually using his powers. And because with the, I don't think him and uh, Baron Mordo are fighting right there. I think they're working together like so much so. In the 2007 animated uh, uh, movie where they're like chasing down this evil demon. Maybe the Ancient One sends them to New York. Like, oh, this thing's starting a ruckus. And maybe they're like Ghostbusters and they gotta, <laughs> they gotta bring it back to the fiery dimension where their mom was from. So, I love it. Can't wait to see it come out in November. I think this is the first costume that we've seen like uh, leaked footage of that I'm actually have no gripes about it. Mm. It looks so good that like... Yeah. Hey, if they add on more to it, like uh, that's even much better. Like well, when we first saw uh, Crossbones, I was like, "Whoa, that kind of looks weird." And then like uh, Iron Man with the half, uh, <laughs> the half suit, with the like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, it, it didn't really like uh, it turned me off. This one is actually making me more hype for Doctor Strange, and I, I want to see Benedict Cumberbatch do, do his thing because I'm a Cumberbitch. All right. Yes. <laughs> One thing that threw me off a little bit is that I, how his, we're getting a lot of red capes in just superhero movies, so it kind of threw me off a little bit, especially in that third video when he's turning. I, I got a glimpse of Thor. I was like, oh, is that Thor? <laughs> um, uh, I hope they kind Thor. of make his cape different from Thor's because I think um, to kind of shape it differently, I think they should make the cape kind of like its own thing that mm. it's alive similar yeah. to what we've seen in uh, Spawn. Spawn yeah so and add I, that gold the gold trim add, add I, would, that gold I would love to see a lot of that added in post production um, but what the video basically gives us is that it's being made it's coming to life you have two Oscar nominated guys who are going to be pulling you know the entire magical realm of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and it's I, to me, in, in good hands. And I'm yeah. excited to see what we're going to be going to get in November. Um, and basically, my excitement is at like a level 10. Yes. Um, something that got me in a level 10 as well um, <laughs> was um, it may have just been slipped of a tongue. It might have just been the slip of a tongue, but Anthony Mackie, who plays Sam the Falcon Wilson in the MCU, may um, <laughs> have accidentally revealed a secret appearance in Captain America Civil War. Uh, during an interview with Radio 1's Movies with Ellie Plum, Mackie listed off his reasons for being excited for Civil War and why he thinks it's the best Marvel Studio movie yet. Um... It's Marvel's best movie so far. It's really, really good. It's because more it's a more of an acting movie rather than an action movie, Mackie says. But around the 17 minute 30 mark, he says, I feel sorry. I feel like the story <laughs> is very concise and interesting. You get to see Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans and Scarlett Johansson and Mark Ruffalo and everybody just do their thing and they're really, really good in acting. And then there's the action in it. I think it might be the first superhero movie that might uh, might up might end up in Best Depiction nomination. Ooh, strong words, Mr. Mackey. But the main word is that we're going to talk about is a name, and that name is Mark Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo. So it could have just been like they said, a slip of a tongue from Anthony Mackey. Um, he was doing a press tour for his Triple Nine movie that comes out, and it could have just been his, the tiredness. It could have just been um, he was just kind of rattling off names. But 
one, how valid do you guys feel that Mark Ruffalo is going to be in this movie? Uh, and two, like, uh, do we need him in this movie, or how could they use him if he is in this movie? I think he is actually going to be in this movie, because uh, for you to rattle off a name like that, he, he had to be working on set with them. Mm-hmm. So it was very memorable for him. Uh, I think it's going to be a small role. It's not really going to be a Hulk role. Mm. So it's just, it's just going to be Mark Ruffalo himself as, acting as, as Bruce Banner. Bruce Banner. Uh, and I think it's pretty valid. I think I think it's going to be pretty good. Yeah, I agree with you. I think I think it's not going to be like that co- co- commercial. We no, see. no, no, no. A shadowy discount version Mark of Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo's uh, silhouette. But I think you're right. I think he's going to be the, uh, just uh, Bruce Banner. I think... Most of his scenes is gonna be acting against William Hurt's uh, Thunderbolt Ross because we haven't seen that exchange since Incredible Hulk with Edward Norton. So to see a change of actors to see mm-hmm. how they play off each other, I think that's gonna be a very integral scene and probably towards the end of the movie and setting up where Hulk ends up in, is, in, yeah. in uh, Thor, Thor Ragnarok. I'm on the other boat. I'm saying that it's not true. I think he was just tired. Uh, the way the interview went, it seemed as if he was just trying to get through the question as best as possible. Um, I think there is no room for the Hulk in this movie, similar to there was no room for the Hulk in the in the actual story. Uh, he is just too OP. He's just too overpowering for any side to have him. Um, he's also um, been linked to Thor Ragnarok. So I think, you know, it, it's not going to be... They already said it's not going to be an Avenger movie. So adding the Hulk kind of makes it seem like it is going to be an Avengers movie. Um, but if he was to be in the movie, um, I think it would be more of uh, a stinger in the end, which yeah. involves Cap's team and the secret uh, Avengers. Um, and he... I feel like... Something magical is is causing him to go somewhere. So I think the it could just be an end credit scene that might lead to Thor Ragnarok. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But me also, I don't think Marvel has like the like super tight lipped on uh, leaks like uh, like a Star Wars film would be. Because you know how no, like, but they they I think he got fined for saying that. But I think yeah, but I think Marvel <laughs> lies the most. Yeah, 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 yeah. definitely, yeah. Yeah, they'll like throw you off on a loop, but then like Kevin Feige, I'm okay with Dorothy. He he looks like a very nice guy, but behind those smiles and and that those eyes is a killer man. <laughs> <laughs> in that bald spot, <laughs> he's, that dude's an assassin. He's like, you don't know what I'm thinking. But from talking about one OP character to another OP character, we're gonna go to the flip side of the other side of the coin with DC. Some DC news, and today EW announced that not only is Zack Schneider returning. To direct the first Justice League movie. But we also got the production date of when they're starting filming. That's April 11th. That's actually a couple months. That's actually two months away. So how do you guys feel about this news? That he, Zack Schneider is returning despite rules that they're going to delay the production. But they're really going to start in April. I think they're they're pretty um, pretty sure of themselves with Batman vs. Superman. So that's why they're already... Uh, that second on, trailer wasn't... <laughs> yeah, they're already on board with like, alright, we're going to... We're not gonna redo all this. We're already set in stone. We're putting our foot on the mark, and we're putting our put foot on the pedal. We're going with this. So I'm pretty okay with this news. I just hope that Zack Snyder pulls it off with the with Bat v Superman, so I could be sure of myself with the Justice League. I think with them filming, and I think it's pretty much set in stone that Zack Snyder is gonna be helming the Justice League franchise for DC. So that was any news to me. Um, for them to start filming now, I guess is a good head start. Um, what I'm anticipating is in Comic-Con in San Diego, we're going to get a revised schedule of the mm-hmm. DC movie release. Because apparently with that whole special that we were talking about, guys, you know, your Green Lantern Corps, your Wonder Woman, your Flash, your Aquaman, no mention of Cyborg. Shazam. Cyborg. Oh, yes. Cyborg was also involved. But that, I think, was more mm-hmm. from talking about just the landscape. I doubt that they're going to be do- pulling any Cyborg movies out their ass or anytime soon. But... You know, with the first announcement being that it was The Rock going to be playing Black Adam, it's surprising that that has yet to be mentioned in any form or fashion. Um, so I'm more excited about what we're going to get from San Diego Comic Con rather than just started filming. It's it's not like you know how we talked about Guardians of the Galaxy where they showed a picture, they announced who's going to be in the movie. This is just validating everything that we're getting to see. Uh, I mean, uh, that we've been hearing, and it's just Zack Snyder 
going to be holding down the Justice League fort. Yeah, I agree with Mick. I think they're going to actually revise it because I think the way people has been responding to Batman that last trailer, you're going to have the announcement in Comic-Con that not only is Ben Affleck returning as Batman, he's going to direct the first movie. If he's going to direct that a trilogy, if they're going to give him a trilogy, that'd be great. But yeah, the whole thing of them announcing this movie that's they're starting in April shows that they're 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 trying to keep with that schedule that they announced in that business meeting a couple of months ago, maybe even last year, I think. So not, nothing too special, but I'm glad that they're putting the wheels in motion and hopefully we don't get another George Miller. Um, they get they get a script and then it gets canceled. So hopefully that doesn't happen. Yeah, I hope they don't do that. That'd be pretty bad. So guys, that's going to end it for our movie news and we're going to get into our TV news, which we didn't really have that many of, but I kind of wanted to see uh, what Jay's take was with the... Uh, Game of Thrones trailer and some of the teasers that came out, and then we're gonna get into our TV spoiler review. Ooh, oh man, uh, it's it's coming so close. Game of Thrones is finally coming back, and as hey. I, yeah, yeah, it is coming very close. Uh, it just brought back my excitement for the series. Although last season was a little low for me, I was I was, I was telling Mick about that, but uh, some more misses than hits last. Yeah, a little more misses than hits. Not not enough payoffs for me. I, I would have wanted more. But I think with this trailer, I we I am gonna get those payoffs and those hits that I damn well deserved. <laughs> so uh, as a fan, right? as a fan, as a fan, not just me as a person. <laughs> but, uh, with the with the trailer, with the faces, just all the characters that were involved in that, seeing old faces, hearing old voices was I, I love that part. Um, seeing some of the stills. It does get me very hyped for it, I, I, and it gives me more promise than it did for last season. Because uh, uh, season four was really good for me. Then I, I was pretty hyped, and then season five happened, so my my excitement went down after that. But now seeing the, these trailers and and all these teasers, it got me back up to where I left off in season four. Do you think that them highlighting the faces that that clan was the was that clan that assassination clan? Assassin's Clan called the faceless uh, the, the men, uh, I men the with, faceless men yeah the faceless yeah. men do you think they're gonna have a bigger role this season because they highlighted them in this teaser trailer uh not not so much I think they're gonna have the same role as they had in season 5 where they're, they're, it's not so, gonna be it's not gonna overshadow more of the other stuff because there's so much going on right now like uh some 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 like it's gonna be almost the same amount as how they did last season with I, the whole Arya thing. I think the re- the only reason they, they showed the f- that that tomb of the the many faces is because they just were trying to, you know, s- pull in the, the hard cords that no man is safe, nobody's safe in mm. this and anybody could die cuz obviously to get your head into the many face god's you temple had you had to die. And obviously there's a lot of characters there that are still living um that in the start good. of season f- 6, by the time of season 6. Um the thing that I was telling Jay about what I'm getting more excited for season six is about is that it's their own story now. Um, it's it's the TV's own thing, and, and there are going to be some storylines that are still going to be tied up. But the one person I never thought I was ever going to say I'm excited for is to get Bran back. Yeah, Especially yeah, yeah. the funny part is, you know, technically, if you look at the, the, the scope of the seasons, he's only been gone by, what, less than a year? Yeah. And he looks like he grew like three, <laughs> five years. He entered um, a hyperbolic time period. <laughs> and also we got the recast with Max von Sydow, which that I'm very excited mm. for. What? And, um, yeah, really? Wow. And the the still that that has Max Van Sita and Bran Stark um, made it seem like they're gonna go on this this like um, under, understanding journey <laughs> about like what what does the Three Eyed Raven mean? The powers, you know, the visions, the premonitions, and everything like that. And that's what really gets me excited because we're gonna get to see you know um, you know what may come, what is true, and what is definitely not true. And, and he can't, st- he still can't walk, right? No, no, he can't. But he, he could, like, phase his mind into something. But yeah. he's walking in the still. Ooh. Maybe it's just... So it could be like... just um, in his head. Ast- like, it could be an astral projection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like how Xavier would go into that place. Uh, I'm so happy for you guys, man. I see the... I see you guys Jones for the show. Funny, yeah. So it's good. Uh, not for, that show's not for me, like I said many times before, but I'm happy you guys are... You know, it's coming soon. Also, me and Mick were talking about, like, how some of the characters, like, were a little bit disappointing last season with, like, Daenerys. I think this is going to be uh, uh, more of a comeback season for her. For her. Uh, her as a character. Mm-hmm. Like, because she's had so much power 
for the past couple seasons. Now that it's been sort now, of taken and now, away. I'm sorry to interrupt, but now she has Tyrion by her side, so that's a new like power dynamic. Well, now she has now, nobody by now her side. Oh no! no oh, she but, has uh, Drogo by her side. But she, but but, but Drogon does what does, what, does whatever he yeah, wants. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and he, okay, okay. And she only protects her when his belly's full. Honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When she's when it's hungry. But also, oh, like, he's like Charizard with Ash. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> kind of, yeah. but not as jolly. Not as yeah, but but Tyrion. With, uh, is is still in uh, Marine? Marine, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's still Marine, and he's by himself. Someone's no, got he's with um, the uh, Spider, nope. isn't it? The Spider, nope. but he's not with, and he's not with the Authority figure. Oh, oh, oh yeah, he's left. The Queen's as gone. The, yeah, he's left as the. So who? Vice um, President I guess we're gonna thing. get to see what's happening, Marine, or maybe not. It could be something where they'll take. Oh, I doubt that. I think you know Peter Dinklage is definitely gonna be in season six. Yeah, yeah. Um. But if I don't know how much they're gonna highlight that part of um, yeah, because they did the they overdid that on season five. There was too much marine, and we didn't need to see all the you know that 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 stuff. It didn't pay off for me that cool. part. What major character do you think is gonna die this this coming season for Game of Thrones? Could be anybody. Could be anybody. I think Jamie. Cool. Jamie. Yeah. Okay. Because he's 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 as we're talking about also <laughs> he was been on that redeeming path like he's starting to become. On the flip side, of no the honorable man well, shall it live. Depends, it depends. <laughs> for me, with Jamie, it depends on what's going to happen with Dorne. Yeah, are they going to go to war, or are they going to kind of? Oh yeah. Look over this death because I don't think the Iron Throne is going to survive. Did, yeah. did the Dorne sands? Comes. Did the sand snakes hit for you guys? Because no, I heard like that was no, like very total miss. No. That's just, uh, that's been divided by fans. Like some people love yeah. them, and then other people say they're them. sexy as hell. But mm. no, I no, think no. people are just happy that they get to see him. I don't know if it. What actually came on screen was, I think that fight scene in Dorne with Jamie, I thought that was very lackluster. Yeah. Um, but uh, if you want to talk about major death, I don't, I don't know if we're gonna get one this season. Mm. I think we're gonna get a major Revival? character, like a character, like a character arc might have swift changed. Mm. Obviously, you have your, you know, Jon Snow, whatever, wherever he lies. But I think I'm more concerned about getting, you know, arc main characters which I believe is Tyrion Daenerys and Jon to kind of be a little bit more in the forefront have Sansa you know pick up some of her slack that she was gaining yeah. in season 4, four and then, and then lost off. in season 5 oh. um, so, <laughs> she's a no I'm just kidding she's hey 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 and, and like I think Arya Arya, Arya is starting to become her storyline starting to become a little bit more strenuous. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's taking its toll, it's, and I, I don't know really where. You that's think they going. dragged it on? Yeah, they did. They definitely did. I think uh, they they were playing off on how she's such a great main character, mm-hmm. and then um, I think fandom really kind of hurt yeah. the storytelling on that one. But mm-hmm. overall, season six, how excited are you? What are you excited about the most, Jay? <sighs> I'm very excited to see what Daenerys is doing now. Now that she's away from all of her protectors except for. Didn't she get like surrounded by those uh, horsemen? The Dothrakis. The, the, the Dothraki did abandon her. Okay. So now we don't know if. Did she have the dragon on her when when they? She was flying her? around. Oh, he was flying, flying around. around. Okay. So it wasn't like right next to him and they surround, surrounded him. Uh, I also want to see what Tyrion's doing. As Mick said, in Mar- Marine, uh, I hope he's abolishing all whatever and, he wants and to jo- do. And Jorah too. We yeah, don't know what yeah. he's gonna do either. No, he's he's he set out with um her lover. Uh, 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 hair guy who uh, got recasted. Uh, I know who you're talking about. Wait, Jorah's the King friend song? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Dora Mama. <laughs> uh, no. Dora Mormon. <laughs> yeah, whatever. First of the Andals. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I now I can't remember his name. I love that guy's name too, the the lover boy. But our I want to I want to see that. Our, our boy Scotty hates that guy because he's he's making he's, love to yeah, Daenerys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's true. But yeah, those are the main things I mean. Actually, I want to see what happens to Jon Snow. That's the that's number one. I want to I want to actually see if they revive him or they save like into halfway of the episode. He becomes I don't know. He starts warging. Yeah. Ooh. Or he really didn't die, and that was all a dream sequence. No, I think uh, that would be the worst thing they could possibly. <laughs> exactly, do. episode one dream sequence. Oh. Oh. it was all in Brand's head. It was all really in Brand's head. He was like, "This is gonna happen. I got to warn John." He was like, "How long have been? It's been out." <laughs> Oh, so bad. <laughs> it was really Sam that died. Oh, oh no. that's the fat guy, right? Samuel Tale. So I think overall we're pretty excited to see season six start. Yes, um, I think it's a makeup season, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, for them, but 
listen, man, 10 episodes for, and the amount of things they do with the limited budget they have, I think, is, is an amazing work. And HBO definitely is profiting from that. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's get into our superhero TV reaction review episodes. Um, starting with Wednesday, Season 2, Episode 14 at 8 o'clock, The Flash. So guys, this episode 14 on Season 2 is entitled Escape from Earth 2. And we have basically the conclusion arc of what we had in the previous season. We have Barry, we have Cisco. Excuse me. And you have Harrison Wells of Earth 2 trying to get Jesse out of prison. Um, but things happened. Zoom came and Barry is trapped. Now Earth 1 Iris, Earth 1 Barry, uh, Earth 2 Barry, Earth 2 Iris, <laughs> Cisco from Earth 1, and Harrison Wells from Earth 2 um, are going to save not only Jesse this time, but also Barry as well as probably the third Iron, uh, the man with the Iron, iron mask. mask. We have uh, <laughs> it's not Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> so guys, I thought this episode, I thought this episode was a great conclusion to the arc that we have in um, Earth Two with a cliffhanger in the end as well that may may make us revisit um, this Earth Two. Right. But um, I think uh, I think everybody played a great part in it. Um, I think the storyline with Jesse. And uh, Barry and the man with the iron mask in prison really um, kind of gave us this new hope of who that person might be. Not only are we trying to figure out who Zoom is, we're also trying to figure out who this guy is. And the reaction he had with the, with the, the, the name Jay really threw me off completely. And then in <laughs> Earth 1, you know, we have Velocity 9 being taken by Jay Garrick trying to stop that guy again. Earth, Geomancer. Geomancer, non-memorable <laughs> character. <laughs> Um, but, uh, you know, other than, you know, freaking Iris showing her, her skills and Caitlyn showing her skills, I think those guys really brought that one, that part home. Um, but what sold me a lot of this movie is that, uh, Daniela, I mean, the show is, uh, Baker with, um, her as, um, Killer Frost and her torn, her torn love affair with just losing <laughs> her love in less than 10 episodes, which is the, the meme going around. Um, so, you know, heartbreak, heart loss. How can this woman lose so many people in just two seasons? Yeah, I agree with you. It wasn't as g- good as the previous episode because that was like the best episode of the entire series. But they did a good job of closing out this two-episode arc, and I agree with Mick. It was, it was good. To me, the highlights were the, the tale of two berries. Then just to see Grant Gustin just play around with his Earth Two version and how com- and how funny he was, I I, I knew he was he, he could do that tongue in cheek, but to actually be just like a, a foil and be clumsy and like to see this the heroic Barry from Earth One and being this clumsy guy but trying to prove himself to his wife that yeah this guy's a hero so am I that was good but yeah the the icing on top was definitely Killer Frost. Pun intended of the icing, of course. <laughs> Frosting? Yeah, Frosting, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Daniel Panabaker killed it as Killer Frost. And I think it shows that even though these beings are from different Earths, the core personalities are probably the same. the same in every universe. Like Barry wanting to prove himself regardless, to even to his wife or to his friends, that he could he's capable of doing stuff, Earth 1 or Earth 2. And uh, like Joe... Joe even though he died in the in last week's episode, it shows that he still loves his daughter no matter what she does in, in either Earth. So I think that they really brought that home with Caitlyn that even though she's this evil being in Earth 2 as Killer Frost, she still loved the man named Ronnie who was death, death Storm in Earth 2 and that, that really carries her away. And she proved to be somewhat heroic towards the end and her faith was left unknown, but odds are that she did get killed off by Zoom. And the mystery box of... Who Zoom is now is added to who the hell is that guy in the Iron Mask? It's Leonardo DiCaprio. If they pull that, that'd be amazing. He does have blonde hair. Oh. So that, but to see Jesse Quick from Earth 2 go to Earth 1 now, and now that Velocity 9 is a thing in Earth 1, maybe we're, they're hinting at that's how she gets her powers as, long, as well as Wally West being there introducing Earth 1 as well. Maybe they, that's how they get their speed powers. So great episode overall. Hit Definitely a negative on the Earth One subplot with Geomancer. What a waste! They just did that to kill time and to make sure that the Earth One characters had something to do while they were waiting for Barry to come back. But it didn't work. But 
the ending was definitely worth it because it it raised the stakes of the season of they yeah they now they close all the portals to the other, the other earth how are they gonna get Jay Jay Garrett back maybe Cosmic Treadmill that's my thing ooh that'd be cool I like that all right cool oh yeah so my bad I was taking a drink of my beer. Uh, so, heading on to Wednesday, it, of course, at 8 o'clock is Arrow Season 4. Hold on, sorry. Still burping. Is titled Episode 14, Code of Silence, which brings the conflict with Damien Dark back into the forefront this week, uh, this past episode. Dark unleashes his demolition team to take out Team Arrow, while also keeping Ollie busy with in the political front with a debate with his wife, uh, Ruby. Uh, Captain Lance debates whether or not to tell Don about his dealings with Hive, and Ollie's secret about his son has him questioning if he should tell Felicity. And then the flashbacks show that Oliver's uh, one last confrontation with Conklin, uh, and Conklin's final words may foreshadow what's to come for the rest of the season. Uh, this episode, to me, continues the, the trend of good episodes that they had the last three weeks. Um, the, the action sequences were great. Um... Uh, Paul Blackthorne and Stephen Amell did a lot to carry this episode with their inner, their um, their shared drama of whether to not to tell this, the secrets that they they have with their uh, loves. So that they played that off very well, and the flashbacks have been making sense to the present timeline. So I'm glad to see that, and I hope they continue on with the trend for the rest of the season. I think Arrow right now is still kind of. Retracing their steps into season, you know, two and um, one and two. I think with this episode, I think it's much better than some of the, the episodes that we've been seeing in this season. But it still needs a lot of work. Um, I think with, <clears throat> excuse me, with Thea actually back in action and kind of doing her own thing now with the whole race and getting Oliver prepared for um, the debate. Um, it to me, this episode really was more about who Damien Dark is and his wife and or mistress or whatever yeah. their relationship <laughs> is because it seems very off because um, I don't know it's just the, the relationships the scenes that they have together it doesn't make it seem like they're husband and wife it seems like they're kind of more like partners mm. so uh, that one threw me off I think the demolition squad there's something about that nail gun that bothers me uh, <laughs> it's a little bit too lethal and it's too easily accessible I don't know. Yeah, you, could, you could just hop into Home Depot and buy. That's it. what I'm saying. It, it, it seemed I don't know. It wasn't my cup of tea, um, but I think I'm more excited about next season. I mean, next season, next episode, maybe <laughs> next season. Too. Uh, but the major, I think, highlight of this episode definitely is finally seeing Merlin in that role that we've always should have seen him, and that is the villain, mm-hmm. and in a corporation of villains, and him actually being maybe not the highest guy in the totem pole, especially now that he's not uh, Rachel Ghoul. But to see him in a spotlight where he's going to be forced to make decisions, even involving his uh, daughter, Thea Queen. So out of all, this episode really brought is what it really brought to me was that Arrow still needs a lot of work. They're trying to do a lot of things, too many, a lot of things in a short span of episodes, even though they have 20. They're trying to just everybody gets a storyline. And I think I think it's a real misstep. Um, also, it's, it's great to see Mr. 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 Terrific as a, a, oh, I love a that gay line. male. So <laughs> I'm very excited to see him in the diverse role that he has. But you know what? Another movie I think needs to be finding his legs. That'll be on Thursday at 8 o'clock in the Legends of Tomorrow. I keep on saying movie, but I do mean <laughs> TV show. show. Thanks, Jay. Um, Good and that's checking. Uh, season oh, 1, episode 5. <laughs> no, I'm going to be sarcastic. Season 1, episode 5, Fail Safe. Uh, where we have uh, another episode that needs a continuation from the previous one. Um, we have a few of the legends captured in the stronghold in Russia, um, and then the rest of them have to break them out. Um, you have Ray and Mick, and also Professor Stein. Russia's trying to make their Russian firestorm. Um, and also bugged me out in the beginning because we got to see Cisco as in star labs talking to professor stein so that got me very curious to see if this woman is a meta or is it just one of those old like uh hypnotic trances that the russians had during the cold war um i think this episode was more of a action movie than it was anything else i think where this falls hard is that it focuses on nobody 
which yeah. is bothersome. You have Rip Hunter who's taking the risk of getting these people together, yet he is barely in any of these episodes, nor does he have any emotional connection other than the death of his wife or his and his son. Um, I think Sarah's the one who's facing more demons, where I think that should have been more with Kendra. And then you have Snart and Mick have the best relationship in this entire movie because they're best friends. And I TV think... Show. You said movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this TV show, I'm sorry. I'm still in the movie mode. Um, but the person who I thought was just there for comedic relief but ended up becoming one of, you know, a powerhouses is going to be Dominic Purcell and his uh, portrayal of Mick Rory, a.k.a. Heatwave, and how he knew the code of the streets when he came to prison and it kind of, you know gave Ray a little bit more credit and how he didn't really leave him alone because when Snart came to save Mick, it was all about de- their friendship and how Mick got um, his friendship with Ray because Ray had to show and prove, though it was kind of hasty of how he did it. Um, he really truly could have died because Ivan Dragoff was there and he was really <laughs> awesome. Um, and then and another misstep. Everybody paired off, but I think the, the, the pairing off of Kendra and Jax that was a little bit, I think, of a misstep. And again, like I said, you know, Rip is supposed to be the main focus of this show. He doesn't get any screen time. We have no idea what's going on as far as where we're getting it until the end where we get a hint of how that relates to the Arrowverse. And I think uh, that teaser and end couldn't pay off this episode. Uh, uh, to me, I, the, the episode wasn't that good, but it was in, it's entertaining in my eyes. I think they, they tried to go in a darker tone, and I think they succeeded in some parts and failed in others. It's still uneven, still finding his leg is what, this was the episode, fifth episode, so hopefully they start picking it up. Last week, uh, the next episode, every cast member said is their favorite episode of the season so far. So that hype is bringing me up towards it. I, I, like, I did like seeing that, that end teaser. But hopefully they, they actually knock it out the park next week. But to get on this episode, I did like uh, Stein's turmoil that they, they put him through this episode. He, he, they gave him a lot to work with, especially that um, uh, psychological torture scene with uh, with um, Cisco, thinking that he's back in the present timeline, but he's really getting tortured. And to see uh, him and Jax finally become a real partnership, we finally got that payoff. Thank God, because I can't see that throughout the whole season. But... Uneven, but still good in my eyes, and I, I still think they're they're trying to find their legs. But I do agree with Mick; they gotta put Rip into the forefront. But he they, he did show some character growth here, that's showing that he could trust these guys, even though he felt guilty about Carter's death. But I think they played it off well. So again, it's the same as every episode. Turmoil happens, and in the end, it's back to Rip Hunter saying, "I'm sorry," and then how everybody well, they have a group meeting. They, they have another group meeting. <laughs> yeah. It bothers them, and you're talking about the Stein situation. That bothers me more because. That happens in every single episode as well. They're it's so conflicted, much and now they're back together again. And uh, to me, and then it was so. The first episode, Professor Stein goes to save him, and in the second, this episode, Jax goes out to try to save him, but gets shot. You know, and <laughs> what happened? That was it. I think the 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 thing that they should have focused more on is Sarah's kind of. I think what they could have done better was to show how Sarah is legitimately an assassin and that she has she understands the mission she was given from Rip and if you know if push comes to shove and Stein she actually pretty much failed because um, what's her name Professor Volstock actually got to me- mend yeah. with Professor Stein so um, to me it's just everybody's failing upward here everyone the, each episode they're stumbling up the stairs is, is just I don't know to me like it was great in the end, which was a teaser that we got Connor Hawk. They're in, uh, what is it, 40 years after, no, 2046. 30, 30 years. So, in Star City and Connor Hawk, we, I thought we were going to get the, the Oliver Queen of um, Dark Knight, the future, but I don't know. I guess the next episode will be better because it's more Arrowverse centric. Um, and it's going to play off to the fans very well. All I'm saying is in the fifth episode of season one of Arrow, the fifth episode from season one of The Flash, the fifth episode of Superhero, um, Superhero, Supergirl, it's not on track, is what I'm saying, which makes me worried because what's going to happen when they get the Titans back, they got Vixen showing up in Arrow, and all the other franchises they have. I still Um, have hope. So... (laughs) You can have a hope all you want, but repetition <laughs> is going to kill this yeah. So you hope they franchise. break the mold next episode? No, I just hope they do something right. Mm, okay. 
or just figure out who they're who is this show focused on. Mm. The problem that they have is they're trying to be Avengers without earning it. Yeah. They expect because, you know, you saw Sarah, you saw um Ray in the arrow, then you get, you know, the rogues with Ray and Mick, you think that I mean, not Ray and Mick. You got um, Snart and Mick, and then how we... They're only in a few episodes of, of each of these shows, yet it's not like a full two-hour movie that Thor got, that Hulk got, that all these characters got, and then they went to the Avengers. They're trying to do Avengers without the A-list guys, so I don't know. I just felt like what they should have done was you had your first two episodes, let's focus it on the Hulk people, Carter dies. The next episode... They try to focus it on Firestorm, but then they also have this yeah. Kendra freakout with Sarah, and then um, then you have these moments where it could have been great, where Ray is cool with the bad guys, but then they they break it away from that too. So all I'm saying is, let's Find get an episode where we focus on one clear story, where twenty percent of it is a setup for the next story, and then just keep continue doing that. Yeah, I agree with you there. That's so that's fair. my issue with Legends Tomorrow. The reason is is because I hate it because I'm like, oh shit, I gotta get home. I gotta watch this at eight o'clock. I gotta get home and watch it at eight o'clock, and I'm watching it, and I'm like, I rush home to watch this at eight o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, I'm gonna play The Sims right now while I'm watching it. Obviously, I'm still gonna watch it because it's part of the Berlanti verse. But I should have just ca- I should have just caught up with Supergirl. Yes, you should. And just Fantastic. waited until this finished. Fantastic. But um, God, I love Supergirl. But new yeah. episode tonight. Gotta catch that. So I think that ends it. Well, quick, quick oh. question. Also, uh, there's news. I, I I just happened to find it. Apparently, um, Vanessa Hudgens is going to be part of the DC TV universe. Yeah, she's going to be part of... Uh, Powerless. Powerless, Which yeah. is basically damage control for the DC universe. Yeah. So that's interesting. She's, uh, she's going <laughs> to play this like... Uh, Baby V? Yeah, Baby, Baby V. She's going to play this uh, like... I think um, human resources lady, and she just she's mild mannered. Yeah, so mild-mannered she's behind. Lady. She's behind the desk. Yeah, well. she's behind the desk. Yeah. And she's gonna be Elizabeth Banks in uh, Spider Man. Yes. Yeah. yeah pretty yeah. much. Okay. And like she's gonna like shows how her life intersects with these super powered beings. So oh, okay. Hopefully it's funny, and uh, I, I've, lo- I've, lo- I've been loving her choices for uh, since spring after Spring Breakers. Yeah. And I, I didn't watch uh, Grease live, but I heard it was good. Yeah, she her her role and then uh, uh, and Ju- Julian Huff was in that too, right? Yeah, I heard that was good. I I seen it on my Hulu. I might watch it when I'm bored one day. But mm-hmm. yeah, I've been liking her choices, so that's good. I wonder who else is gonna be in that show. <laughs> that sounds like a weird show, Powerless. <laughs> no, but to get back in Legends tomorrow. Uh, so when like, Miller had the joke of the night when he goes like, "It's not my first prison break," and I was like, "Oh." oh. Homage to the prison break. That was funny. That was funny. Wink, wink. Deep cuts, deep cuts. Yeah, well, oh, uh, real quick. Um, so they had the announcement that Attack on Titan's coming back in April. Uh, but they also. Oh, said, damn, really? Yeah. It just got. It's just going to come back? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the thing is that I'm hearing is that a lot of. It's going to diverge from the manga itself. So it's going Which away from. So it's going away from the script material. Just like how not the full, first, yeah. full Metal Alchemist did it, and hmm. to me personally, I read a lot of the manga already. I'm very scared of it. Uh, I I don't know how has the manga hearing, been going so far. There's still a lot of stuff that's going on. They're still building up a lot of stuff. I haven't I haven't read the past couple. Uh, but chapters. they do like thirty pages, right? Yeah, they chapters. Do a lot. They so do that's a why lot. it's like every month. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, but the main question is, how do you guys feel of uh, th- like shows or movies? That started off using the source material and then now completely diverging from it, just that, like how Game of Thrones. That's like that's that. the culture. That's oh. the culture that that's in the entertainment. So you guys are okay like, with it? Yeah, it's fine as long as it's good and they stick to what their vision is of the show, and fans love it. Regardless of what I think, it's gonna it's gonna be fine. If it's they fail, then it's a whole can of worms of you should have just stuck with the source material and mm-hmm. fanboys. Writing petitions saying, "Give it back to the ma- the creators." Yeah, so yeah. It, it's a you know give and take, but I, it's the culture of what it is now, regardless of where you are, India, Japan, even here in the states. So that's what it is. Like th- they have to, they have this supply and demand that they have to meet, and most of the time, like we, you said, Full Metal Alchemist, they caught up to the manga. They had to switch the story, and a lot of fans like that first series I more like both. than I like both. 
than more than Brotherhood. Mm-hmm. I, me, I like Brotherhood more yeah, because yeah. The, the story didn't drag on in, yeah, in my yeah, point. It was more impactful. But the first series was done well, and mm-hmm. the two movies that preceded that first series... There's only one. The oh, yeah. Star of Milos is part of... Yeah, the, okay, yeah. so yeah. The, 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 that movie that actually served as the series finale... Was was excellent. Yeah. So you know, as long as the 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 people that are changing these stories do it with care, and they still honor the source material and honor these characters that was set up by whoever created them, it's fine. As long as if you stay, we see it with superhero movies all the time. They they give and take with different writers and artists, and they do their version of it. We've seen it with Avengers and Spider Man. So that's mm-hmm. the culture. I guess he sold me. I think, yeah. I'm, I think I, I'm okay with okay, it. Okay, so th- my issue specifically just for Attack on Titan is that this is such a recent phenomenon that there isn't a backing like your Game of Thrones who's had decades upon decades, your Lord of Rings, your comic books has been around for se- 60, 70 years. So um, since it got hot because it followed the source material, this kind of worries me a little bit because I feel... Especially after one season, you're going to do a movie, live-action movie already. And then now season two got pushed back because of that. I feel what they're going to be doing is just saving the source material for their live-action movies. Or their just movies in general. Um, like, obviously, ma- uh, anime and manga work completely different from American culture, cinema, and television. Um, I, ca- I, I just feel like there's a lot of unanswered questions still in the, ma- the manga mm-hmm. that... For them to deviate already could either mean one thing, that the manga is too slow and they want to get to that end, especially mm-hmm. yep. if it's Attack on Titan. For me, it's it's the basement. Yeah. That's pretty much been um, looming over our heads for the past, the initial three episodes, and yet it has yet to be revisited, except for that one episode when he when um, Aaron gets a little bit like delusional, delusional and yeah. he starts like retracing his steps of how he got to where he was. So... Um, I agree that with Angelo about, you know, as long as it takes care. But to me, like, yes, that can be said about obviously anything. But it's just that there's so many unanswered questions already. And um, I guess Full Metal Alchemist is is definitely the exception to the rule. Because both were good. Yeah. Um, Obviously, I'm I'm more partial to Brotherhood because I felt it, it... it, it completed the story. Not really, really completed the story. I felt like it stayed within itself where I think Full Metal Alchemist... I would say one. Prime. Version <laughs> yeah. 1. First Prime was like... Or you could call it, you could call it an OVA. It, it kind of wanted to... Um, Original version animation. <laughs> Nobody knows what OVA means. I think it kind of <laughs> wanted to, um, to, to to ground it in a reality that I don't think the rules set, set that up for. Yeah. Um, so with Attack on Titan, it worries me just a little bit just because of the unanswered questions that have not been resolved. In the original text, oh, so that's gonna, my main thing. <laughs> they're gonna drag that on for years because that was, for Naruto it was the question of who is this kid's parents, and we found that out in 2010. Yeah, when did the manga time. start? 1999 yeah, or like 2004 or something like that. So they're gonna drag this on to so fans can keep buying the manga yeah. and keep buying the material. Just keep selling it, and that's how they they write the stories because every chapter is like one minute in that universe, yeah. and then. You go on, so you know. But I, I don't think they, I don't think they gotta worry. If fans trust them and they do it, things will be alright. But I heard a spoiler. But I, but I, 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 I agree with what Mickey was saying. Like this is pretty recent, mm-hmm. and they're not even done yet. And you said they're still ongoing. Yeah. So. Okay. So guys, this went on very long. We're gonna c- conclude this, but guys, episode one hundred is the next episode that will be. Uh, posted live right after we finished doing it on the 29th. It's the leap year of February. My favorite year. My favorite day of, of the year. Next so, <laughs> um, weird that it's that our 100 episodes happens to land on the 29th. So, uh, we might have some guests. We might not have some guests. Um, but it's going to be a completely different show. We're actually going to have uh, more of a debate rather than a reaction and a review um, episode. Usually that we have in these um, so episode 100, please tune in, you know, Google Calendar it. Let uh, It'll be posted at least by 10 o'clock. And um, I hope you guys tune in. Um, it'll be posted on obviously all forms of social media and, and our website as well, in our SoundCloud. Um, but anyways, guys, if you have questions or topics for you for us to answer and talk about, 
Email them to info at simplyputtalk.com or at least hit us up on our social media, Facebook, Twitter, or on Instagram at simplyputtalk. Or hit me up. My name is Mickey at Certified. You can find me on Twitter and on Instagram. You can find me gushing over Rashon. It's a thing. It's finally a thing. Rashon. On my Twitter and on Instagram at underscore Fred underscore Ed. This is Fred Neonez, a.k.a. Angelo, by the way. And I'm Jay. You can find me on multiple social medias at It's Jay, man. What is he? So, guys, for more news and updates, please check us out on our website, www.simplyputtalk.com. Stay connected to us by subscribing to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or on YouTube. Definitely, that's where you're going to get all your content. Guys, the only way we're going to survive, if you like us and you subscribe, share us with your friends, let them know that where we're about. You'll find me and Fred at C2E2. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all three days, actually. Um, you'll probably see Fred more than me. Actually... Well, it really depends because I'm going to actually work in the con. <laughs> but if you would like to see Fred, why don't you sign up for Friday 5.30 speed dating. Women seeking men. <laughs> All right, I'll be there. Because he's a man seeking a woman. Exactly. <laughs> and I'll probably be wearing a free, t- uh, free hugs shirt maybe. Is that how it works? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but anyways, hopefully I can uh, request to work that. Um, I don't want to embarrass Fred, but I actually want to see the man in action. I love, yes. I love long walks on the beach. <laughs> no, great conversation. <laughs> yes, he does. So, guys, um, oh, if you, have, if you guys hit us up on our Instagram or our Twitters, let us know where we should go Thursday. Uh, you know, obviously, I got deep dish uh, pizza scheduled. Yes. We're going to see his air and his statue. 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 You know, we're going to see that, that jelly bean. And um, whatever else, let us know what else we're going to do. Um, also, uh, the strawberry... Uh, filled pretzels. Those are delicious. Ooh, that's um, I've never had it like fresh. Mm. So uh, I hopefully like I get it. But anyways, guys, this is episode 99. Hundreds next episode. Uh, tune in. This is Mickey signing off. Until next time. Positive vibrations, everybody. Bye.